0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Let's Traveled. I've got my co-host here, Dimitri Wheeler, with me today. Yeah, how's it going, E? Um, who we who got today? Who's, the next, who's our next guest? Yeah, man. So our next guest is actually a really interesting person. Her name is Dominique Cynthia. She's a blogger, creative, young entrepreneur. Her YouTube channel actually has 75K subscribers, so you know that YouTube channel is popping, my man. <laughs> What do you mean? Don't we have 75K? For, what, what? Hey, man. I, hey, not yet. I mean, like you must have took a little time travel trip to the future, because you know we got to have 75K <laughs> eventually. But all in due time, right? Small steps, small steps. Gotta get the first 100 subscribers first. Maybe it could be one of our viewers here today, right? If you're not already subscribed, you already know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to Let's Travel on all platforms. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But You know, obviously got to get to our conversation here today. So let's uh, bring in our guest Dominique and kick off things here for today. Let's do it. So let's start off with your background here. Could you give our viewers and listeners some more information about who you are?
1: Of course. Yeah, so hi guys. Thank you so much to both of you for letting me be on this podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Um, Again, I'm Dominique Cynthia. Most people call me Dom. I'm a junior at the University of Pennsylvania, majoring in economics with a concentration in entertainment and media management, which I actually built myself. (laughs) So that's super cool. Uh, Yes, so I'm super passionate about entertainment media, hence the concentration. Um, I am originally both my parents are from Jamaica, a lovely island. So I have a lot of Jamaican pride. And my mom moved to Canada when she was five. So she became a Canadian citizen and grew up in Canada. Um, and because of that, I'm a dual Canadian and American citizen. So wow. um, that I'm super wow. passionate about. Do <laughs> um, is my, my nationalities. And yeah, so... I would say spend most of my time creating content like you mentioned i have a youtube channel so i'm always on youtube always trying to brainstorm new creative things to do but while juggling social life and juggling school um, and trying to still graduate with the gpa i like desire to have but also reach my goals of creating uh, my own network, entertainment network in the future is my, my goals um, in life. So just trying to do whatever I can to master both of those passions of mine of business and entertainment. And here I am here today to talk more about it. <laughs> so nice, nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely sounds awesome. And, um, and so you talked about how you currently go to Penn alongside with me. And so some of our listeners actually may have seen the YouTube video of you opening up your college acceptance letters from all the Ivy League schools that you apply to. And, you know, could you give uh, our viewers and listeners a bit more detail um, into what the application process was like for you and how you went about selecting Penn as the ideal college for you personally?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, So I forgot to say I'm from upstate New York. So I am from a very small town about five hours north of New York City and about 30 minutes from the Canadian border. So it's it's around 3000 people. We actually have more cows than people. Um, So going to school, I was around a lot of people who don't necessarily On the radar was not the Ivies. On the radar was more like going, I also was next to a military base. So there's that as well. So it was a lot of students who wanted to pursue military. A lot of students that wanted to stay in the community, stay um, in upstate New York. So at school, I didn't really have like a group of people who we could like push each other to try to achieve top education. Um, And another example of that is my guidance counselor thought UPenn was Penn State. So off the bat, I really didn't have much help in school with trying to go to the Ivies, but my sister went to UPenn four years um, before I went. So she helped me immensely. My parents helped me immensely. Um, again, we're Jamaican, so we have a lot of, um, I guess our thoughts are always that education is key. So ever since I was young, my dad told me, I think it was from like age two, he'd always say, you're going to Yale, you're going to Yale. And I didn't even know what that meant. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to Yale. <laughs> so so literally from birth, um, education was always top priority. So even though my peers weren't engaged in the whole college application process like I was. It was at home was where I had the fire beneath me to apply to these schools and to work my butt off. I did like an SAT a day um, to try to get into the schools that I wanted to go to. And that's why in the video, you see the people I'm with aren't my friends. It's not my my school, anything. Teachers, principals, my family. <laughs> like My family is the reason why I applied, the reason why I think I got in. I couldn't have done it without them. They are my best friends um, in life. So that's kind of, my background was just parents telling me what to do, sister helping guide me, working my butt off, and in applying and getting into one, <laughs> which turned out to be the one I wanted to go to. So there's no, like, it worked out perfectly. And life has just gone up since. That's probably one of the best days of my
2: life was that video. So yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so when did you kind of go through that thought process of, okay, I- this is such a big moment. I want to capture this. You know, when did you start getting into YouTube and 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 really documenting your life and some of your unique experiences?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question as well. Bringing in the good questions. So, before I posted that video, I just did a ton of, okay, so let's title back some. So before I had a YouTube channel, I watched a crazy amount of YouTube videos about hair. Like I loved learning about natural hair and like how to take care of hair. And i would just watched videos all the time. So my mom would always watch me and be like, you know what? You watch this so much you should start your own. And I was like, no mom, I'm too ugly. Like I can't be on cut camera. I don't want anyone to see me. Um, and she was like, no, nah, I'm like, if you keep thinking this, you're never going to start. So I remember one day I was like, you know what? Tonight's the night. I stayed up to like 4am, like YouTuberizing my bedroom and just like hammering stuff into a wall with a water bottle and like <laughs> hanging up lights and trying to just bedazzle my room. And then the next day I was like I'm filming my first YouTube video today like today's the day um so I filmed it I edited it and my parents saw it and they were like yeah let's do it like post it so I posted it and that was my first one I went to school that day and kids came up to me and were like why would you ever think anyone watched this there's nobody in the world that ever want to see your channel like just basically bullying me for starting it did put me down a little bit, <laughs> but um, you know, my mindset was not like, you know, what? I'm gonna shy away. I'm not gonna post anymore. Absolutely not. I was like, I'm gonna get millions of people to watch my stuff and you guys are gonna watch and see that I can do it. And that right now, maybe I am small, but I will be able to get bigger. I didn't know what type of content I was gonna make, but I definitely had haters from the first video. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I think I've learned throughout my YouTube processes people might not always like you, which we can get into later. Um, but, so yeah, so that's when it started. And before I even posted that first video, I was like, I'm going to have 200 subscribers before I post a video. So I remember in my, it was grade eleven, so eleventh grade. I went to the cafeteria and just walked around the whole cafeteria and was like, "Hey, will you subscribe to my channel? Will you subscribe to my channel?" Just walked up to every person in the cafeteria, and if they were like, "Yeah, like I would," but I don't have a YouTube, I was like, "I'll make it for you." <laughs> and I would sit there. I made maybe like fifty channels that day, um, and just had every person subscribe. So, so yeah, so that's kind of the background of the channel. It was just fun. It was just always challenges, things with my friends, and then I posted the acceptance video. And that's when the whole trajectory of the channel changed into college focused. Um, Because I realized, you know, my niche is kind of college students now, uh, high school students, like trying to pursue college. So I saw who was on my channel. And I just went for it and kind of just stuck to it ever since.
2: Wow, that's impressive. No, that's really finding your niche and and analyzing your your, your, uh, your viewers, that's awesome. So did you, would you like go through comments, like check profiles, see you know, who, are, who are my viewers? Who, where's, where's my user base? Did you, you did all yeah. that stuff?
1: Yes, definitely. Google um, gives you all your analytics, which is super helpful. Um, so I checked through my analytics and just, yeah, from, from the students commenting, it was pretty evident. Like most of my videos at the time, I think the most I had was like a video at like 20,000 or something. And my acceptance video would get like 20,000 in a day. So we were like, okay, like we, meaning me and my family. Um, But we were like, you know, this is pretty, it's pretty evident that the people on here are all kids saying, I can't wait to go to Penn or I want to go to Penn too. Or like, this is amazing. I'm in Penn or like, I go to Yale. Like it was evident from comments that they were all mostly college age students. And then when I got to school, um, I realized while at school, I think Penn asked us to choose our dorms. Uh, and I went to YouTube. I was like, okay, let's see you Penn dorms. See what we're talking about. And videos came up from like 1900s or were like an hour long. And I was like, no, 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 no. So then that's when I knew, like, I'm going to start making videos to fill in the void of this empty college life on YouTube. Like every kid, every high schooler sits on their phone and looks up their college for hours. Like who would not want to know where they're going? Um, so the fact that there was no videos on it, I was like, this is, this is obviously what I'm on this planet to do is to, um, fulfill this empty whole And my goal was to basically how people think of tutoring, they'll think of Khan Khan Academy. I wanted people to think of Dominique Cynthia and think of colleges. And that was, that was the plan. And it's kind of started, started to work.
2: Yeah. No, so that's awesome. And, And kind of something that I wanted to ask is how can someone who aspires to, to build a channel on YouTube really find their niche? You know, what advice would you give that person that you know I have this desire, but I don't really know what special qualities about me or what or special um intricacies about my personal life people will really latch on to, so you know what kind of advice would you give to someone who's who's asking that question to themselves,
1: yeah. Um, I would say it comes over time. You should try to be patient. Patience is the, the biggest key with YouTube is that you're not gonna get a million views overnight. And everybody would love that. It's just not feasible and it's not possible. So I think looking at what you're passionate about, if you, if you journal, if you can write it down, write down a list of what you're passionate about, see if what you're passionate about can be turned into um, video. into something creative for people to watch. And YouTube is entertainment. So at the end of the day, you're trying to entertain people. So whatever you're passionate about has to somehow people have to be willing to sit down and listen or watch whatever it is. So I would, I would just take time to do what you like instead of what you think others will watch. Because if you're not passionate about it, it's probably not going to be your best work. It's not going to be, um, enticing to viewers to actually sit down and and spend their time time is the one thing in life we're not going to get back so why would you want to waste your time watching something that is like pointless to where the person that's making it isn't even passionate about it so I think yeah and on top of that you can't Pursue YouTube in order just to make money. I think a lot of people do that. They see, oh my gosh, social media is somewhere where you can um, make some quick cash. No, this is work. It's it's very difficult. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. Um, and I know for a while, for me even, people started treating my my YouTube channel kind of like a Netflix, where I told them I was going to post like a every Monday Friday or something, and they they weren't top of me, which is important. But sometimes I had like homework or I had an exam. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I, I can't post today. And people would message me and be like, where's the video? Why haven't you posted? And I'm like, I'm human. Like, I can't, I can't, I need breaks. So it is a lot harder than people think. But if you're actually interested in the whole, all the different elements of YouTube, of creating content of marketing yourself, branding yourself, editing, filming, the actual creation process, then I think it could be something for you. If you are just doing it for other reasons, then potentially not. But even for me growing up, I would get in trouble, let's say, like not, didn't complete my homework. And my dad would be like, if you don't do your homework, I'll take away your editing. So for me, editing was fun. Like to me, creating videos is fun. That's what I major. And that's what I want to do in the future. Um, so this, the the whole process of YouTube has just became fun. And that's why it's, it's starting to, work for me um but in terms of the niche i think it's just an overtime thing once you start creating something you love other people that love that will gravitate to you find you follow you subscribe to you and then your niche will be developed Um, but i think it's important to know who your niche is and just keep making content for that niche maybe not go and try to dabble in everything um, because then your platform might not do as well as if you focus
2: that's very that's very good advice very sound that's, that's something I feel anyone can latch on to and, and and really move on to the next step in their
0: creation journey. So that's awesome. Thanks. Cool. So yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely important for everyone to find their niche. And I definitely do agree with Dimitri. That's something that I definitely think that people will be able to latch on to. Um, just because it's very important for everyone to kind of find their own niche with whatever they want to do. And, and this kind of really expands, I think, more than just the YouTube channel and the YouTube platform that it really encompasses everything about life and really pursuing what you wanna do. And and not everyone can have the same niche, right? Not everybody is the same. So obviously the process of finding your niche is going to be very unique to each individual person. And I definitely think that's something uh, in terms of your advice, Dominique, that would uh, be very helpful for whoever is trying to go through that process themselves. So speaking more on really developing your niche and your YouTube platform, uh, you actually have a series of YouTube videos called The Kickback and was pretty curious to see how you exactly developed that particular series on your YouTube channel and what was the main motivation behind creating The Kickback as well.
1: Yeah, The Kickback. Um, that was from so long ago. It feels like now that was my little baby. That was my, that was my little creation. My first actual like show series. And it, it was basically to dial it back before I did um, the kickback. I did these things called 73 questions, which is where I traveled to different schools and film students, which I'm sure we'll elaborate more on later. Um, but then boom, Corona. So I could no longer film strangers <laughs> because that was against the rules um, for safety, of course. Um, so coming home, I was like, OK, used to. I would leave school every second um, that I could to go film other people. And I had really busy schedule. So coming home um, to not have anything to film anymore not having homework and editing and school and and friends, like I had so much free time that I was like, whoa, like (laughs) this is too much free time. I have to think of something new. Um, I like being very busy. Uh, So when I came home, I got this offering to, uh, so to kind of line it up, to make it make sense is I no longer could film students. I had all this free time. I was like, I need something to do. And I also was reached out by Viacom's Awesomeness TV to be part of a TV series for like their quarantine, um, shows, basically. And they asked me to be a part of it. I was super excited, but the show didn't really fit my brand. So I ended up telling them no, but I, I literally told my parents that day, I was like, they said no to me, or I said no to them for being on their show, but I'm going to make my own show. And <laughs> That's kind of how the fire beneath me um, for the kickback started. And so... I, w- I was like, okay, so what I, my niche is college, you know, so I'm going to make something college centric. And what I realized, what I was missing during my process was I only got into Ben, but if I got into multiple schools, um, to easily be able to compare and contrast all the ideas, um, to be able to ask questions about parties. Everybody wants to know about parties. Everybody wants to know about A classes. Everybody wants to know about the best professors. So I wanted to find a way to create videos where they could easily compare Dartmouth to Cornell, Cornell to Yale in a short video, but also make it entertaining and make it fun. And so that's kind of how the kickback was birthed. And I have a brother who makes all my music and he made the dopest song um, while we were home. And I was like, yo, this is the theme song. And so we had that component that I had um, a friend of mine help edit like a intro video. And I was like, it's all coming into into place. And so then I just started casting students and students were more than willing to help because it's mentorship and like just helping the youth. And so people were signing up. Everything was going great. And we started filming them. And when we posted it, students loved it. They were liking it, viewing it, commenting. So I just kept it going and it became my quarantine thing of the whole time. I would spend on a video, maybe 20 to 30 hours editing one video. It was like insane. I wouldn't even see my parents. I'd just be in my room editing all day Um, and then casting and then filming and just, I would see my parents maybe an hour a day. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't even eat, but it's, it's like, of course that's not good, but because I was so passionate about it, like that tells, that can show how much this was to me, it was everything during quarantine. Um, and that's how I think I made the time go by quick. I ended up loving quarantine because I got to create something cool and got to explore a new love for making shows, which now I know I really like making making series. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the kickback, <laughs> the, the birth of the idea.
2: That's awesome. And so you also have 73 questions, right, where you're you ask students from you know all over the U.S. about their college experience, specifically in regards to their own school. Um, what was the motivation behind that? Yeah, that's
1: that's the first baby. I um, <laughs> <laughs> was the second child. So for the first baby. I actually had the idea in the shower. Um, I was thinking about, I had just watched some of the questions from Vogue with Serena Williams. And I was in the shower and I was like, wow, like, I really know everything about Serena. Like, she's like my friend. (laughs) Like, I felt like the video displayed, I I learned so much in a seven minute video about a celebrity. And of course, Serena's amazing, but knowing a ton of Serena fun facts was not going to help me (laughs) in life. So I was like, you know, right now I have, it was the beginning of sophomore year was when this idea came. And I was like, you know, I kind of do college stuff, but this could be a really cool way of creating really short videos where we're not learning about the student, but about their school, kind of similar to Vogue's. But when the student leaves, they can actually take something away instead of just knowing about Kim K. Um, Is that they can know about a school, easily compare it to another school, um, which is the goal of the channel is easy comparison to, and then it could it could literally lead to just me being able to meet so many new amazing students. So I had multiple motives behind it. Um, and so I told my parents, like I told you, they are my best friends. And I was like, Mom, Dad, like I have an idea. And they were like, Oh my god, that's so good. Um, so that day we started crafting the questions. So I needed seventy three, and that's a whole heap of questions. So I, me, we got on a call. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of questions. <laughs> we got on a call yeah. and we started <laughs> crafting them with my sister and, and some friends and we came up with the list. And then I think the next week I headed to Columbia to film the first one. And I filmed a friend first to kind of you know trial and error, figure out like how this was actually gonna work. And then over time I kept posting them. Students loved it. They kept asking for new schools. Um, I, and I just kept kept going to the schools. So every weekend, unless I had an exam, I was gone. So at Penn, I really had no social life because I was never there. And when kids have fun is the weekend, which is when I was gone. So I would come back, do my homework, study for exams, leave on usually Thursday night or Friday morning. I'd leave and then come back Sunday night and do school, kick it, school, kick it. So it just became a routine. Um, It was exhausting. And it was, it was it was a lot, <laughs> but it was it was amazing too because I got to meet so many people, um, and explore so many new campuses and help students, which is the main goal. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. And I would say too, when you're super busy, you use your planner and your calendar more than ever. when you're you're chilling most of the time right and you just you know you're lazy you don't want to do anything you have nothing to do that day so you end up doing nothing but because I was so busy all the time it ended up being my best GPA like semester even though I was so busy but I was you know study for an hour edit for an hour fence for an hour like it was everything down to on it on it it. so I would say being being (laughs) busy sometimes can be when you're the most productive and successful so yeah
2: cool yeah all, i feel like it always works that way i played i played sports all through college and whenever i had the busiest schedule that's when i just ha- did the best on tests
1: it's amazing i don't know
2: why it works that way <laughs> right i can't explain it maybe it's something i should ponder in the shower myself but yeah
1: shower shower <laughs> that ponders is, um, that,
2: i've always wondered that so
1: yeah,
0: right. glad to see i'm not the only one
1: you're not the only one you're not yeah.
2: the
0: only one yeah for sure i mean i i can definitely also agree that being busy is not always a bad thing it, it keeps you on track it really keeps you on everything that you need to do for the day, like you said. And I guess it just makes you overall more aware of how you're spending your your hours, your minutes, right, in the day. Just because um, when you have things to do for the day, you don't have all day to just really be pushing off other stuff that you need to do, right? Um, So I can definitely see how being busy, you know, force you to be more productive in all aspects of your life as well. So that's definitely pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's a real testament to people, you know, you have so many people that are like, gosh, there's so many things I want to do. Where do I get started? And they start the first thing and they, they never take the second because, it, you know, after the first, after that, after that first thing they, they, they drive for, you know, your schedule starts to get busy. It starts to fill up and you don't want to keep going anymore, but it's, it's true. If you keep adding things up, you you start to build this resilience and, um, you just start to get in this, this, this habit and you can take on a a a higher heavier and heavier load and 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 get to ultimately do all those things you you dream to do so that's awesome I'm glad you're able have been able to do all this you know multitask all these things that's that's a really cool that's a really cool lesson for our listeners to
1: go along with that I would say with being busy is also just knowing you have to make sacrifices and and a lot of people don't like making sacrifices and to me it was social life it was like I knew something had to go and I was like. I love people. I love talking if you can't tell, <laughs> but I, I was new. I couldn't be going to social events. Like I wanted to, and it's college. Like everybody's like, this is your best life. Why would you give it up? Like I knew I had a goal and I knew I was going to have to make sacrifices in order to achieve it. So I think, I think you know, being busy, but on top of that, knowing that you might have to cut things out and just prioritizing what it is you have
2: to cut.
0: Yeah, I definitely do agree uh, with anything just that you want to do in life. You have to make sacrifices to really see that vision come into, into fruition. And and that's the thing, is that uh, the things that are worth doing in life are not easy. They never will be easy. If they were easy, everybody would do it, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's definitely important to understand and to be aware of that. There's going to be some things in life, from and, and in your case, it was the social aspect. In other people's case, it could be something different. But there will always be things uh that you have to give up, right? It's it's just a matter of trade-offs, honestly.
1: 100%. I yeah. Agree.
0: Cool. So So uh, digging a bit deeper into your YouTube channel here, so just really the process of growing a YouTube channel is not easy. Uh, And and in your case, you've been able to grow to the point where you actually have a couple videos um, uh, that have over a million views and even uh, your most popular video almost has three million views, which is crazy, honestly, in itself, right? I mean, that three million people choose to watch your video that you create. So, you know, we'd we'll be kind of curious to see what it was like growing your YouTube channel and what were some strategies or some methods that you used to grow uh, your actual channel to what it is today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To go with what you said, I have three, almost 3 million people see me cry. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like some craziness, but... Um, Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, With growing a channel, like I was mentioning before, it's all about patience. But I think too, one of the things that has helped me immensely is having a support team, having my friends and family who, okay, I'm going to actually define something. I saw on Instagram, I might not list it completely correct, but it was something like your friends should always be supporting you, not jealous of you. So, and I think, I think that's something that took me a while. I might've said it wrong, but I think that is something that I think is so important to know that you should only have people in your close circle that are going to be hype when you're, when you're hype. And if you're down, they're down, you guys are in it together. And I think when I found that group of people, um, was when I started really starting to take off and really knowing, like, I have people that I can talk to my down moments with, I have people to share my excitements with, um, that it became just a collective of success. Like if I succeeded, we all did it. We all threw a little party. We all like turned up. Um, so I think, I think that was important, but right. But on top of that, I think, um, setting milestones, I learned this in marketing class actually was just setting some, some, markers of what your goals are. For instance, I had a goal to hit 50k um, subscribers by a certain date. I think it was by the end of the year. And I ended up hitting it um, halfway throughout the year. So it's before uh, my goal was supposed to be completed. But when I checked that off, I'm like, okay, like, let's go for the next goal. So then you can like literally keep track of yourself by making these, these thresholds and these markers um, to pass and then have your own little victories and celebrations. Cause if your goal is just to like blow up on YouTube, what does that mean? is that you have to take it step by step, right? So if you actually write down what your small steps are, then you're gonna be more motivated to keep going because it's a long journey. I've been on YouTube for four and a half years. Like it's not gonna happen just overnight, which is what most people want but even I think from me for, from taking certain classes and hearing about businesses like like TikTok is amazing right now. Everybody's on it but it started in 2016 and nobody was probably talking about it at the beginning and the creators were probably stressed and that's the life of an entrepreneur, of a creative is it takes time and everybody sees them blow up and thinks that happened last night but no boo boo that, that took a long time. So I think it's it's just making sure you have your own little successes throughout the journey um, is is what helped me not give up. I've had moments where I'll have a video get almost a million views or like get hundreds of thousands in a night. Like I could refresh it and see it jump up. And I have videos that still are at 600 views. Um, so not all of them are going to be successes. But if you make those little moments for yourself before you know it, like you're going to pass your thresholds and your dreams might come true. So you just have to keep, keep getting motivated and keep staying positive.
2: That's awesome. And so you brought up, you kind of related... Your experience as a YouTuber and, and sort of the entrepreneurial experience, because they are very interlinked in many they ways. They're virtually the same thing. Um, and then so an aspect of um starting an entre uh, starting a startup or being an entrepreneur, um, it's scaling, right? It's like, all right, this works. Now let's grow, let's grow the business. So for you, kind of the way you grow in, in my mind is. Finding all these great people to interview, and so my one of the questions I have with when any you know sort of interview based YouTube series um, like seventy three questions, where do you find all these people? Are you just you just that cool you know everyone at every college, or you know what are the common ways to reach out to new de- new guests and uh, interviewees? That's so funny. I hope nobody thinks I just know all these people. <laughs> That's not
1: it. Um, so for me, it was initially those. You know, when you get into school and um, you get put in a group chat with like like UPenn twenty two was my my group chat, and then we also had like a Black Ivy group chat. So from then, I had access into all the Ivies from just freshman year from group chats. So initially, I am very social, so I was just like trying to make friends like from the beginning, and I ended up making some friends at Columbia, and that was the first school I did. So I filmed that friend and then I asked her for just other interviewer, interviewees that wouldn't be interested in being on camera who were like extroverted enough to not be too camera shy. And she just gave me a list of people. And so initially it was all the word of mouth and like being referred to people. And then over time I started to use social media in order to find people when I started hitting schools that I've never been to before or like schools down South. So I would end up putting up um, on my Instagram story, like looking for interviewees at this school um, and people would comment back and say they'd be interested or I would just DM people. Um, I try to make sure everybody's represented on the channel that anyone watching can see themselves at least in one video. So I might be looking for a certain race or demographic and I'll just message people that kind of fit what I'm looking for um, and ask them if they'd be interested. Also, I have a business email. So people will email me and say, I go to the school and I would be more than interested if you ever come to be interviewed. So I might just reach out to the people that message me, um, but mostly through through social media, through Instagram of just asking, um, just shooting my shot at them and asking if they'd be interested in it. And because it's done well, it's been easier to get students cause they might've even seen it themselves. Um, I even had a, a time at Duke where the person I was supposed to interview ended up canceling um, because of an exam. And I just walked around the campus and walked up to this Group on laying on the grass, and I was like, "Hi! Like, I'm actually trying to film a video. I'd love if you guys would be a part. Like, would you be interested in being in this 73 questions video?" And the girl was like, "Oh my gosh, I watch you! Like, I subscribe! Like, I know who you are!" Um, so it becomes easier <laughs> when people start to to recognize who you are, and she was more than willing to be in it and so excited to be a part. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how. But I would definitely say. Social media makes the world small. I could easily get somebody from any university because of social media. So, if you are trying to interview people, take advantage of what's at your fingertips. Like, you can talk to somebody in China. We can talk to anybody because of social media, which is so amazing. But I think most people don't take advantage of it. Uh, but yeah, that's how.
0: Yeah. And also, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely um, pretty interesting how you really leverage social media and just, again, uh, your own personality of just being social to really uh to really take advantage of the resources that you have at hand right I mean I'm obviously everybody has the same twenty four hours in the day and it's just a matter of I guess how you spend them right and it's pretty interesting also too especially that story from duke when when things go wrong I mean like you just need to find a way to make it work and and it might not be the most ideal situation to be going through, but you learn and, and you grow from it, right. and that's uh, pretty cool to see how you were still able to to uh, film your film your video by just you know just reaching out to people on campus, and and it also shows you know as well the power of branding, right? That it was easier, as you said, yes, to get uh, that group to be in your video because they knew who you were, they knew what your content was about. They knew the general vibe of, of how the video would run through actually viewing your content from beforehand. So obviously, right. When you walk up to someone and ask him, Hey, do you want to be in my video asking you 73 questions about your college experience? You know, obviously someone's going to say, Oh, of course. I mean, Obviously, I would want to be on Dominique's uh, YouTube channel where she's interviewing all these really cool and, and interesting people. And why not have me be, you know, just one of those cool and interesting people that she also has on her platform as well. So definitely uh, pretty interesting.
1: I would say, too, yeah, you know, really of, quick. Let me just go in. You, I would say that. It doesn't always work, this method, because you mm-hmm. might accidentally end up interviewing somebody that doesn't have the best reputation. And obviously, if you mm-hmm. you reach out to them, they might not tell you, like, off the bat, I'm a bad person. Um, so it's like making sure that what I've done as well is making sure if I do um, end up choosing somebody, I try to ask People that I know, I know people at many schools now. So I'll be able to ask people, like, do you know their reputation? Or looking at your mutual friends on Instagram and be like, hey, have you heard about this person? Just making sure that you're putting people that deserve to be in the public eye on a channel because whoever I choose kind of does become the face of the school, at least within my subscriber community. Um, so it's being using social media, but being careful when doing it because it could end up hurting you, um, of course. So I wanted to make sure I said that as yeah.
0: well. Yeah, for sure. And and that definitely also makes sense. I mean, it's not, I'm again, like it's not like, I guess, everybody that has something to talk about should be given, uh, I guess, the platform to talk about it. Because like you said, it really depends on if who they are as a person aligns with your channel, who you are as a person, right? Because like you said, too, the people that you bring onto your channel will help form and outsider's perspective of who you are and, and what you're trying to do. So that makes sense. I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And going deeper into the college experience aspect of things. So you actually uh, started this dating um, college show called Shoot Your Shot, right? It's about matchmaking and really kind of uh, matching college students with their ideal relationship partner, right? And so we'd we'll be kind of curious... Um, to see what led, uh, well, I guess, how your experiences interacting with college students led to you starting this matchmaking show. And also, right, I, I mean, like, how does it all work? Like, I'm like, you know, tell me more about what exactly goes into you creating this matchmaking show.
1: Yeah, Uh, this is the third baby (laughs) is this new matchmaking (laughs) show. So my whole YouTube experience in college has just been education. It's just mentorship and education, all my videos. And so I was like, you know, I kind of want to dabble in entertainment now. And of course, educational videos is entertaining as well. Um, But like a matchmaking show, you're probably not going to learn anything from from an episode of watching it. But I wanted to try to, to explore another side of my interests in videography and and directing and producing so i to give the actual background of the show and then i'll elaborate more on what the show is and if you want to sign up you can Um, but basically uh during quarantine i was listening to a podcast and it was about it was the how how i built this podcast and it was with the creator of bumble Mm -hmm. and she was just talking about the creation bumble and i was sitting there i think i was on a car ride i was listening to it and she like said Um, just how she left Tinder and wanted to create... I guess before she was working on an app for like restaurants, I think it was, and she wanted to create something that her peers could use. Um, and when she did, she was super excited that now her friends can like use something and be benefited from something. And I was like, wow, like all of my friends don't really watch my videos because it's all for high school students. Like I'm not really helping the college, the average college student. And then I was like, and dating shows never target our age group. It's always usually 21 and up. Um, so that's kind of when the idea started formulating. of like, Whoa, what if I did like a college dating type thing where I'm helping my peers? Um, it'd be like so fun. It's something entertainment for once entertaining. And also I think it's a missing void in the industry. I don't think they want to see 18 year olds try to find love, but at the same time, college students are some of the loneliest people on the planet. <laughs> so it's, it's a mixture of all those. When I, I, again, told my parents, I was like guys, I want to make like a college matchmaking show. And they were like, let's do it. Like always. They're just so supportive of anything I, I want to do. So I started coming up with ideas of how it would work and started asking people to sign up. And to to give the information about how it works is, is students from around the globe have been just fill, filling out a form all about their interests. It's like a Google Forms. And we've had around 340, I think, students right now from everywhere, like University of India, then we'll have University of Australia, and then in the States in Canada, all over the globe. I think we're at 36 countries, which is so amazing. Then I, um, partnered with a coder who coded, made an algorithm for my Excel. And just now I can just click a button and it'll tell me, um, whoever signed up all their matches, um, based on, their interests based on which location they want them in, um, their height, their race, their hobbies, so many different questions to where it's your, your perfect match. Um, so then how the actual show works, um, is I choose a person to be the main single is what I call them. Um, and then they come into the show and I match them to four people that, could be their perfect match. So for instance, let's say we have a male single as the main, and then I match them to four women that from the algorithm and from the, um, information they submitted, they have a lot in common. So then they come onto that, the the actual show and everything's blind. So he will ask questions and throughout um, rounds eliminate one of the contestants. So it could be a question like, how often do you go to church or how often do you wear makeup or, um, anything of, of the sorts you play a sport, or it could be a deep question. How do you, how do you define love? Um, whatever he finds the most important question or she, cause it's vice versa, but whatever is the most important questions to them, they get to ask and throughout rounds, eliminate people until there's one person left. And then they shoot their shot at that one person. And that person gets to ask questions back and then either accept or reject the shot. Oh. <laughs> so we've had some rejections, which is, Funny. Um, we have some, um, <laughs> acceptance, which is, is cool, and people have started to talk, have been super excited about who they've matched with. Um, and I've just been able to, for once be like helping college students and be a little Cupid, um, and do more of the show series of, of what I'm interested in producing actual, um, TV. So I haven't posted any yet. It's going to be more of a summer series. So like you guys mentioned before, of just like stocking up, um, shows before I release any, but it's, it's going really well. And the shows look so, they're so great. I'm so excited to release them. Um, it's like killing me because I've had the, the shows for like months and no one has seen it. So I'm, I'm definitely hyped to finally share it with the world, but yeah, that's basically how that show works. And I think a tip from my process of creating a show is whenever you have an idea, I say, just go for it. Like a lot of people were like, why are you trying to do matchmaking when you do education? I'm like, I, I, I'm i interested, it's, it's fine. It's cool to me, why not try it? So I'm I'm always yeah, like the go for it type person. So yeah, that's, that's shoot your shot. <laughs> 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 Thank you.
2: That's awesome. You're, you're doing God's work out here because, like you said, college students are the loneliest people. Right. So virtual college students like we have today. It's, uh, it's so <laughs> very, 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 very dire need. And it could even to me
1: it was like and, uh, with i was yeah, say, I with, with quarantine too just people haven't met new people in so long so it's not even necessarily have to be like dating <laughs> you know. um but just meeting four, four people that are interested in the same things as you like that's amazing <laughs> to me yeah. i just it could be your friend like it does not yeah, have you know. to be more than that so you know, yeah. That's
2: true. yeah and so something else that you've done that's also you know really timely Um, you've created the Pay It Forward Scholarship, which, uh, you know, in my eyes is really doing a great job at opening doors for, for people of color and in institutions where, you know, traditionally and historically they've been underrepresented. Right. Um, which is obviously, you know, very, the, the topic of inclusion and diversity is very big in, in our country and, and, and around the world, honestly. So, you know, what has it been like to, to really build that platform? How's that experience been?
1: so growing growing up back in high school, my parents actually gave a scholarship each year, so that's the pay it for scholarship. But when I graduated, they no longer like had a connection to the school, so we had they hadn't been giving the scholarship for a while. so we like sit down and we have like meet like weedings <laughs> we <have> weekly meetings <laughs> to like kind of um brainstorm ideas of what to do and it was actually my, my mom's idea was like, what if we can connect your channel because it's all young people um, trying to go to college with the scholarship we used to do in the past. And it was a brilliant idea. And with partnering with um, my parents, it's been such a cool experience of seeing all of these kids submitting their applications and just knowing that I can help somebody. I think, I think with YouTube, a lot of people use it as a chance to to post about their new purse or their makeup or their outfits, um, which is amazing and I'm not bashing it. Everybody has different interests, but to know that the people watching my channel are gonna be able to benefit not only from the knowledge that they're receiving, but also financially to help pay for the knowledge they're going to receive from watching the video to get into these schools is like, to me, it's just amazing. Like, I'm so excited. I wish I could give away like many more scholarships, um, but it's just been a great experience. And this is the first time we've done this and the scholarship ends on April 30th and we'll announce the winner after that. So I'm excited to see how it goes and keep on receiving applications applications and help some little kids you know <laughs> help them pay for their school because this thing this is not cheap school's not cheap so yeah, I'm very passionate and excited about the scholarship
2: yeah that's great yeah it is it's definitely not cheap so that's 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 incredible work you're doing and it's great to see that you know you've let not only what you're good at as far as the educational side and not only what you're interested in from a social standpoint with the dating show but also from a more Um, you know, political sense that uh, that, that's really awesome that you've been doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. And so before we wrap it up here, let's briefly touch on the topic of wellness. And I think that um, wellness is something that is especially nowadays is becoming more popular just because I feel like everybody is realizing that um, it's important to be productive. It's important to be chasing after what you want in life and after your Your goals, But it's also very important to be taking care of yourself and really focusing on doing the things that bring you happiness on a daily basis. And as a college student and creative uh, that is pursuing her own uh, creative interests as well as uh, managing a demanding college schedule, what are some things that for you personally have worked? um, Could be any habits or routines or just really anything that has helped you keep you grounded? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a lot um, to to juggle social media and and school. Um, but I think what has been able to keep me grounded is, again, the support system, having the close friends, having a small circle um, is is something that I've, I've learned uh, definitely during COVID. But just with having the small people that have your back will make you so much happier. You'll hear less about drama. You'll hear less stressful things in general um, by keeping your circle small. On top of that, for me, I'm actually not on social media um, too much as a as a consumer. I deleted TikTok. I don't use... I actually think I subscribe to maybe two channels. On Instagram, I try to keep my followings low. Or my follow... Yeah, follow who I follow. What is that called? Followings. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Keep my followings low. Um, so when I go on Instagram, I don't see that much content i'm not distracted i'm not on TikTok all night and i would love to um but it's how i stay grounded is by focusing on my to-do lists on those calendars on those tasks that i need to do and trying to remove the, all the outside noise so by deleting them or just removing follow the people you follow um, even if it's a dope account like just the less you see to me the better because then you're less distracted. Um, so making sure to stay on focus, stay focused, stay on task is something that's huge for me. But then after you complete those, like I was saying, having those moments of joy, of celebration, treating yourself to a massage, go get some Asian dumplings for dinner, like just all your favorite stuff, making sure that you have those moments of like, yo, I did good, I deserve like a little treat, um, keeps me definitely um, grounded and, and having time to yourself just Just to like sit and think. I'll just like go for walks and like think about not any of my to-dos, but just think about Dom, are you good? What do you need to do to make sure that you're having a good day? Maybe watch your favorite show. My favorite thing to do at night is eat ice cream. So I'll eat like a pint of ice cream (laughs) and just make sure that you're enjoying your your life um and if you're not to nail down like don't lie to yourself tell yourself what's going on and talk to somebody about it cuz i think when you talk it just it uses the brain. <laughs> it makes everything come back um, together. So yeah, and making sure to to just stay humble and keep the people that were, were close to you from the beginning close. And when when meeting new people, making sure to be careful, because you never know like what their intentions might be. If you're starting to gain a following, um, people could, people are use people, right? So just making sure, of course, with the people just to keep the correct people in your, in your corner, um, is, is I keep on harping on it. I think it's really important to me is what I'm realizing, but yeah. <laughs> your, your people are, are everything. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I probably stay grounded is those, those things.
2: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's that great is. to hear. And, um, you know, I feel like calling you a successful YouTuber is the understatement <laughs> of the year. You've, you've, you've really achieved great things. i really excited to see how, how the channel continues to progress. Um, but you know, keeping on that theme of success, something that I love to always ask uh, our guests as we wind down on these interviews: How do you personally define success?
1: Right. Ooh, how do I define success? I think to me, success comes in many different forms, right? So some people want the check mark on Instagram as success to them. Some people want millions of dollars as success. Um, to me, I think what makes somebody successful is. I guess I'll answer in two ways. What makes somebody successful and then what I think makes me successful? Um, So what I think is making somebody successful is just reaching whatever their specific goal is. Since everybody has different goals, we have all types of different success, right? But for me, what I believe makes me successful is surrounds family. I want to make my parents proud um for how much they've sacrificed for me. I want to every time I have something good happens or any anything exciting on the phone with my parents in a second because I just want to make them smile. I want I want them to know that I'm working hard like for them to make them happy. Um but on top of that is success to me is starting my own family and making my family my spouse happy as well so it's all surrounded by helping my parents and achieving their goals but then of course like to me i used to be want to be a stay-at-home mom so like kids are really important to me so like making sure my kids are good in the future and that that if i have that all together i don't need money i don't need fame success to me is all all around the family so i'm sure that's not the same for everybody um but that that's my what i would define success
0: that's great wow
2: That's great. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a wonderful place to wrap up. That's, um, that, ah, that really struck me. So great answer. Definitely. I know some of these introspective questions can be tough, but that was right off the cusp. That was great. Thank you. Honestly.
1: Thank you so So much.
2: Yeah, before we officially wrap up, uh I'd love to give you the chance to tell our listeners where they can, you know, find you in social media. Yeah. We know you probably won't follow back. You like to keep that following low, but for people that want to stay up to date with 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 you outside of YouTube, how can they how can they find you?
1: Yeah, I only keep it low, not because I don't like people, but because I just don't want to be on my phone. That's the only reason why. Um but they can find me on Instagram at Dominique underscore Cynthia and then on YouTube at dominiquecynthia. Other than that, the rest of the platforms, I don't really dabble too much in. So just (laughs) those two. Um, But yeah, if you have questions or want to just talk, just DM me. I do check my DMs. So I I will definitely try to respond um, to all of those. And thank you guys again. This was so fun. You guys are great. Um, So thank you for having me here today.
0: Thank you. And and I can definitely say um, that this conversation was really interesting and it was really great to hear more about you and, also to hear more about how you view things and how you uh, have gone through this, you know, have gone through experiences in your in your um, lifetime that have really helped you uh, kind of turn yourself into the person that you would like to see in your eyes. Right. As who you ideally want to be. And for you, that uh, really concerns family, which is awesome. That's great. And again, for everybody. Right. It's not going to be the same. But I do think that hearing about your story and hearing about how you use your platform to help improve the college experience for people of color and really people from underrepresented backgrounds is, uh, is you know, really something that's great. And, uh, you know, really something that I think, especially nowadays, is more important than ever. I mean, you know, like we've seen through the past year, you know, just really all the issues uh, surrounding um, institutional racism and racial injustice, you know, just globally, right? And it's not an issue that is going away anytime soon, unfortunately, right? I mean, everyone's doing their part to make the, um, to make the situation better from an individual and from a group and community perspective, right? But it's great to see people like you um, who who really focus on using their voice to help, uh, you know, uh, to help improve, that experience in any way, shape, or form, and I just want to thank you again, uh, Dominique, for coming on here to the podcast today on To Less Traveled. It was really great to chop it up with you for a little bit here uh, for the past hour, um, and just want to remind our viewers and listeners to please don't forget to subscribe to Less Traveled on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or you know just wherever uh, you guys get your podcasts. It's very important to get the stories and the life experiences. Of young leaders like Dominique and please uh, stay tuned to hear more about uh, all the future young leaders that me and Dimitri will interview in the future so thanks again Dominique thank it was you great to talk to you today and yes you know we'll pass it off to you if you have any minute marks other other than the fact that you know you may or may not uh, respond to uh, <laughs> everyone that might be uh, in your dms now to be Gave them your uh, social media and, and, you know, all of that stuff. So, um, again, just want to thank you again and pass it off to you.
1: Yeah, thank you for the pass off. Again, I will try my best (laughs) to respond, I swear. Um, Last minute things. I would just say believe in yourself. If you don't have that support system behind you, hopefully it will come. But if not, you got yourself. So if you have a dream, nobody has the right to tell you you can't do it. You should try it. Don't knock it till you try it and give it your all. You can't half do it. If you half try, you're going to get a half success or no success. So if you have something, a passion, please hit it. Please try to do it and try to crush it. Cause you're on this planet for a reason. And if you don't try it you might never find out the reason and you'll just be the average Joe, um, like upset with your, with your current lifestyle. So I think just give it a shot. Believe in yourself. If you need any support, DM me and I will try to give you that support. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys again. I'm That's really all I have to say. So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys.
2: Yeah, thank you.